Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. Welcome to another episode of On Culture. On Culture is the podcast of the Embassy uh, newsletter, theembassy.substack.com. I am joined on this fine day by Trey Herwick. Trey is the pastor of Refuge Church in St. Charles. How are you doing, Trey? I'm doing all right. I'm happy to be joining you on on your birthday. It's my birthday today, as we record. Uh, I'm doing which I already said, but I just thought I'd I'd say it again now that yeah, <laughs> now that it counts. Yeah, now that it's recorded for posterity. Thirty nine um, forever. Yes, thirty nine forever. Uh, yeah. So um, I'm I have kids that are approaching. They're not thirty nine yet, but they're in their mid thirties. So. <laughs> Yeah, it gets less plausible every year. Um, so we're going to talk about forgiveness uh, today. Um, uh, as always, these on cultures are sort of based on the preceding uh, embassy piece. And uh, kind of the kickoff for that piece is as often uh, there are, I read something that spurs some thought uh, or some reaction. Uh, And there was a lengthy New York Times piece about the Minnesota Board of Pardons, which uh, hears uh, appeals for forgiveness, basically, official forgiveness. These are people who've served their time. Um, So it's not necessarily, I mean, I think people, if you want a commuted sentence or whatever, you might go before them as well. But the the focus uh, of the article and today is people who've served their time, they've uh, you know, maybe gone to rehab, they've tried to make some sort of reconciliation and restitution, uh, and they kind of want a clean slate. Uh, in fact, the, you know, the title of the piece and the, the key uh, or the main figure uh, of the piece is a guy who says, I want to be forgiven. I just want to be forgiven. So he's, uh, you know, he's, like I said, he served his time, he's done his thing, he's kind of turned his life around. I mean, a lot of wreckage, but he wants to go before and plead his case and get sort of an official pardon. So I don't know if you had a chance to look much at that piece, but you know, what do you think of that, that idea of um, what it takes to, for, you know, for these people or for anyone to sit there and sort of ask for forgiveness? Yeah. Um, it's tricky, right? I mean, um, because there's a whole lot involved in asking for forgiveness. And of course, knowing the motive of the heart is hard. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, because I have, I have kids with different styles. I mean, shoot, I have my own different style of like, Mm-hmm. Do I want forgiveness or do I want to just get out of trouble or do I want to avoid punishment or do I want this just, you know, um, right. but someone who has, uh, who, and, and, and that's another piece I'm, I'm thinking right now of the, the, what's the movie, the, uh, the mission. Did you ever see mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's not, I can't remember who's in that, but basically that like, I need to work before I can earn <laughs> yeah, uh, forgiveness. And he carries the rock yeah. up rocks up the hill and 
Right. That was De Niro, um, I think. A young, a young. Was it De Niro? Niro? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And forgiveness is a tr- is a tricky thing. Um, and we are not. We're in a we're in a culture that kind of man. We want to be seen as forgiving. We love, it's kind of a weird thing. Like we love to be in the position of being the forgiver, mm-hmm. but uh, it's really hard. It's really hard for everything. And even, you know, even our cynicism about carefully crafted apology statements right? right. Um, that are like yeah. the, the apology that's not an apology, you know, the I'm sorry, but I'm not right. really sorry. Right. Um, so I think being in a position, and I, again, judging the heart on this has got to be hard because to be in a position where you basically say, I have no power here, um, yeah. you have everything. Yep. And I'm asking for, for a pardon. Yeah. I'm asking for yeah. you to take up this cost and I can't work it off. I can't repay. I can't bring somebody back to life. I can't, whatever right. it is. And that is really hard that's really hard yeah it's it it you know the work of this you know this panel this this board of pardons uh, which is the governor and the attorney general and the chief justice of the state supreme court so it's a pretty high rolling thing but that it really comes down to i mean there's not legal arguments made there's not they're not saying uh, you know, there's no extenuating circumstances presented. There's no, um, here's why I was over sentence. All of that is, you know, they don't, they're not interested in any of that. You know, there's the assumption is you did it. Um, it's, it is judging the heart. Are you truly, have you truly done what you need to do to make restitution? Have you truly, is this just a thing that you want to be able to you know, get better housing in the future or a better job or whatever. Is this a cynical attempt? Do you just want to feel better? Or are you truly um, seeking forgiveness by placing yourself totally as the responsible party who did all these bad things? And that, I just think, as you said, that's rare. Like, I I mean, it's, 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 the article is eye-catching partly because it's some official formal, um, demonstration of what should happen informally, but just mm. doesn't very often, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, there's a, a million different thoughts, even as I read through that, a million different thoughts, uh, you know, floating through my head. One, like, is is forgiveness, is that a and I, this is this is rhetorical. I don't know that this would chase another. Like, is that a civil term or is that simply mm-hmm. a religious term? Um, mm-hmm. And and psychology would be hard pressed to say there is a an actual psychological term such as forgiveness that I think that would be largely categorized as religious. Mm-hmm. Um, but even there, you know, of course, I'm thinking Shawshank, right? And and Morgan Freeman sitting before the Right. Before the parole board, you know, the first time, oh yeah, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. The second right. time, eh, I'm sorry, right. and then and then the third time is raw and brutal and honest. Yeah, and um, and they let uh, him go, and they and that's when he gets parole. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then of course, it's this... an interesting. Go ahead. 
Well, I just going to say, I mean, this, this gives, and I've, I've long thought about that. Like, God, am I just like wake up in the morning? Hey, I need forgiveness today. And then go to bed. Right. Yeah. I probably need more right. tonight. We're good. Right. All right. Cool. But right. Taking yeah. I'm sure I did things much- wrong. I'm sure I, you know, right. yep. Yep. Please yep. forgive. All right. Moving yada, on. Yada, yada. Right. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, the the contra of that, you know, Jesus, I mean, there's a there's a a couple of things that I think I mentioned both in the piece, but that came to mind. Um, You know, one is the Pharisee and the publican. I mean, come back later. The other was the Beatitudes. And I think you've recently preached on the Beatitudes, right? Oh, man. Poverty of spirit. I'm mourning my own you know, my own brokenness and the brokenness of the world. Am I truly mourning it, as you said, or yeah. am I just waving <clears throat> at it? Um, and, you know, blessed are those who mourn. And there's a spiritual element to that mourning. Uh, it is, you know, am I really, do I mourn my, the you know, the harm I've done, the wrong I've done? Mm. Uh, is that, that's, this is not, we just have such an American triumphant, happy, yep. victorious view of our faith often. Right. And this is oh, not yeah. that this is blessed are those who mourn. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, and a couple of things on that. I, I, the biggest thing I think we do in America, I mean, if we prize anything, we'll never, we'll never say it, but we prize self-justification. Like there's nobody's business. And mm-hmm. if there is an enemy of both giving and and receiving forgiveness, it's self-justification. Uh, I joked yeah. in the sermon a couple of weeks ago, you know, one of my kids, the epitaph on his, uh, on his tombstone will read, no, 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 hang on just a minute. <laughs> Let me yeah. give you my argument though. Um, yeah. And, uh, but not only that, uh, Glenn Stassen, who was one of the guys that I read for the, going into the Beatitudes, I, I love this. He just said, the Beatitudes are not virtues that we pursue as if we, when we do them more, um, God saves virtuous people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Beatitudes, which is the fulfillment of Isaiah in Matthew, this, this is this is very, very much set up like this is the one who was foretold to be coming and, and Jesus comes in. And, and so we either receive that this is good news um, or we attempt to self-justify. Yeah. Uh, and, um, the blessed are those who mourn uh, the promise there is for, they will be comforted. So when yeah. we are, when we are not legitimately broken and are we, I mean, you know, in our culture and in Christianity, we both try to find ways around really needing forgiveness. I'm not as bad yeah. as, or we're all bright shining superstars, you know, right. um, we, what we do is we forfeit being comforted by God. We forfeit being mm. forgiven mm. because basically our reward is you want self-justification. There you go. I'll, I'll let you plead that yeah, and, and figure that out. And we, and we shade it, you know, right. We shave it like, okay, I know. Yeah. Obviously I'm a sinner. I know that theologically is true. And I know I need forgiveness. That's an abstraction that I, that I whatever. And so, yes, I need forgiveness. I'm yes. I feel bad about it, but you know, there are some extenuating circumstances that I think it's important to review, right? It's like that sort of, it's this sort of, yeah. Okay. But true, true, true. But here's my, you know, here's the mitigating whatever. 
and um yeah and that's kind just, of, you know right we like we know this we woman, need forgiveness this woman we, you gave me i mean that's right off yeah, the bat right i know i know i know woman. i ate fruit but yeah, like yeah shouldn't have eaten it totally true however however yes. let's talk about eat <laughs> yeah yeah and and so there's this sense of just totally owning yeah there's nothing else to say i did it uh yeah. and you're harmed as a result i'm not minimizing the harm or my responsibility but nothing else for me to do here i feel bad yeah. about it genuinely that's pretty rare um we had uh there was uh, a time in our marriage oh, there's been several times in our marriage 26 years where, where we were having some some serious conflict and uh a friend of mine uh a therapist said for the next six months, you can't justify anything. You just sit and listen. And that, so I was like, okay, that was really, really hard. And eventually it took like, cause I'm like, well, okay, but you know, and I wanted to play the technicalities. Mm -hmm. And um, eventually what I saw was kind of like, and this took a long time was me sitting next to her, <clears throat> caring for her about somebody that had hurt her and looking and going as that dude, you know, and that was me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, any, if anybody else would have, would have done that, you know, I'd, yeah. I'd have, and that was, that was really hard to do. And just like, I can't self justify here. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't anything. I mean, you know, it, it wasn't anything immoral that we were dealing with just, uh, just a way that I had, uh, gone about doing things and it just was really, really hard to not self-justify. Yeah. I mean, that's the ordinary everyday true harm that is the most easily brushed under the rug, but it's true harm, you know? Um, the other thing, I mean, the thing about the thing that makes that hard is that there is some substance almost always to the yeah, but, I mean, there are always some sort of extenuating circumstances, of yep. course. Yeah. Uh, and, and but, you know, so I can choose to look at the, you know, the whatever would mitigate, justify, soften. I can choose to look at that or I can choose to look at the harm done and my responsibility for it. And it's only really looking at the second one that I can actually ask for forgiveness, mourn, be comforted. It's when I look at the sort of like, well, okay, true. However, you know, I'm way better yeah. than so-and-so or, you know, you also, I mean, you actually do this worse than I do, which maybe yeah. that's even true, but that's not relevant to the point. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels like there's a unfairness sometimes that I'm owning this and you're not. And so I'm not going to do that. And they're thinking the same thing. And nobody owns it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and I and I I wonder, even as you're talking here, I wonder if this is why it is so hard for good moral people mm -hmm. to actually yeah. experience forgiveness. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, because uh, and, it's a failure to need grace, right? It's a failure. Yeah. I don't want to acknowledge the failure of my morality that I need grace and forgiveness, yeah. even though theologic, I know that's true in the abstract, right? 
Yeah. And, and, and good moral people. I mean, we have a tendency to, you know, at least I'm not as bad as, and that, yeah, that is our justification, which going through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus absolutely destroys. Um, although we still want yeah. to cling to, you know, the right. technicalities. Yeah. Um, but that was, that's yeah. the danger of what the law yeah. became, right? That, and it's not like that stopped in the new Testament. Right. It still became self-justification. Yeah. And it's not even necessarily the truth. I mean, I might actually be worse than them. You know, obviously I'm not the most objective observer of my behavior or your behavior. So even if I right. say I'm not as bad as you, that may not even be true. <clears throat> and it kind of reminds me, you know, the Pharisee and the tax collector, you know, that parable starts out to some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone mm. else, comma, Jesus told this parable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that he man, knew his audience. <laughs> he knew his audience. He really did. And I think yeah. there, uh, um, that obviously is an interpersonal, you know, it's true interpersonally and it was true then. Obviously, it's a timeless phenomenon among humans. I do think there's a social media, uh, popular media sort of stance where no weakness, no nuance, no equivocation, open condemnation. I am righteous and you are not. And here is why is, mm-hmm. you know, a pretty prevalent genre of our age. And it's just difficult to, you know, oppose that or swim against that tide. Yeah. I, I think I heard one pastor put it. He said, we either want, we either want all forgiveness or all atonement. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on if you're on our side, we want all like all understanding, all forgiveness. Don't even worry about it. Or we want you to pay, mm-hmm. even for a difference Justice. of opinion, we want you to pay and atone mm-hmm. until which that which is what's hard about the the case, you know, in Minnesota is I mean, it, in, and I, I can't remember exactly was was it murder? I can't even remember exactly what he was on what that the guy, original that dude. He yeah, was a meth yeah. cook. He, he called him. He no, called okay. himself That's a retired right. meth cook, right? But he That's destroyed. Right. I mean, he destroyed his family's business. Yeah. He destroyed. I mean, his son. You know, just huge wreckage. That's right. In his life. That's right. And and atonement is you will pay eternally. Like, yeah. You know, you you impacted um, and, and all of no... this for a whole lifetime. You have to pay for your whole lifetime. Yes. Right, right. Which is, which is, you know, I mean, it's the heartbeat of cancel culture, which, which progressive mm-hmm. or conservative, the heartbeat of cancel culture is this is now your atonement. There is no possibility of forgiveness. You are sentenced to a life of paying back. Right. right. And yeah, we'd um, give you more if we could, but this is all we can, yeah. all the harm we can inflict. Yeah. Right. And it's it's right. my righteousness depends on my ability to afflict justice upon you. You know, that's yeah. my, my, yeah, right. And it is exactly and I think the, the parable. Right. It's that's yeah. the the fact that, um, you know, he dresses it up. I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like this guy, that I do this. You know, here's I thank mm-hmm. you, Lord, that I'm I have this righteousness thing and this righteousness thing and this righteousness thing. Uh, yeah. And I'm not like other people, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, that's sort of this self-justifying comparison you know, sort of rubric is what we're talking about. And, you know, the tax collector is recommended to us by Jesus because he says, I'm not even, he doesn't even look up. 
He can't even look up yeah. to heaven. He beats his breast. He mourns. God have mercy on me, a sinner. That's the whole statement, right? And he, Jesus says, yeah, that's the guy. That's the one. I'm giving you two people. This is the second one is the one you're supposed to be doing, not the first one. Mm. And yet, um, it, it, that's not what we wanted. We don't even, it's not even that we don't want to do it. it. We don't even view that as spiritual or spiritually like, right? We're sort of mixed up on, you know, there's two people here. One of them actually is spiritually recommended to us and one is not. And it doesn't yeah. seem like a spiritual It's not thing. the one we think. Yeah. It's not the one we think, right? There's the guy uh, doing the good things. And isn't that the spiritual guy? And Jesus says, no, it's the guy who doesn't want to look up, beats his breast and says, please have mercy on me, a sinner. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a, a book that goes through the parables that looks at it from a progression standpoint, uh, Kingdom, Grace and Judgment by Capon, Robert Farrar Capon. He and, and he talks about the first one, all the all the parables early on are about kingdom. The kingdom is like this and it looks like this. And, it, you know, and so you get a lot of images of kingdom. And then he kind of switches gears after the feeding of the 5000 because everybody's like, well, you should be king. So you kind of notice Jesus is like, OK, no, 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 no. Let's uh, let's shift gears here a little bit. And the parables that he tells between kind of happens between the feeding of the 5000 and then on his way back to Jerusalem um, that he gives. He gives these uh, these he juxtaposes two figures, a hero figure, a good religious, good moral person, and then a wicked one cast out. And and we're supposed to look at them and go, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know who the good guy and the bad guy is. And then by the end, they switch sides. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden, it's the bad guy that walks away forgiven um, mm -hmm. because he can't run anywhere. He can't go anywhere. He's confronted and there's no way out. Um, right. the good guy still has, you know, cards left to play and can, or the, you know, the perceived good guy still has cards left to play. And the, the, I found that you look at how many parables like that, that Jesus gives, um, right. and it's kind of frightening. I mean, we're going to, we're taking a break here for a little bit, but coming back on the guy that comes up to Jesus and says, you know, didn't I cast out demons in your name? And didn't I, didn't I do all this stuff? And right. Jesus is Here's like, my resume. Here's you. my CV. Yeah. Right. Right. And that, that kind of ought to scare the mess out of us initially. Um, mm -hmm. But then like standing in front of the creator of the universe and telling him what you've done is, right. you know, is kind of like, oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think that's and it makes me think of Job um, who felt like he had a case to plead against God uh, and God's lengthy reply uh, to him which really is a reply saying, um, I'm God and you're not. You really don't know mm -hmm. what you're talking about here. And basically that's what Job says. I cover my mouth up. Like I spoke of things yeah. I did not know. And we speak of things we do not know. We don't really know the depth of the damage we cause or our own sin or the depth of the redemption that we've already received, the grace that's been given to us. We probably underestimate it. Uh, you know, you need more grace than I do. I mean, God's grace, right. and that's great, but obviously I need it a little less, you know, like a medium size and you need it a large. Um, right. And, right. And, and yeah. so we don't, we don't really perceive the situation truly, obviously we're not objective. Um, and so we comfort ourselves, false comfort instead of mourning, 
which we'll be comforted. There's this false comfort of, I don't really need to mourn as much as you. So I comfort myself with that instead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, there's, again, there's so much here. And, and I like, part of me wants to, um, so not even in, in shifting gears, but like, it, I think some of the ways that we have done that and almost when, when we forfeit forgiveness and actually kind of make it a battle of shame, I'd love to hear your thoughts on like the balance there where we go, we go, we just feel like we have to load, you know, if you're, and especially in our day when we've kind of divided the world up into, into two types of people, there's the oppressed and the oppressor, right. And the, and the, and those who perceive themselves as the oppressor, then it's just a life of shame. And you have to, you have to act out about on that. And you have to like, um, take that on and, um, feel bad all the time as if, as if repentance and forgiveness is just going around and, you know, and Luther would say all of life is feeling bad all the time. You know, if, Mm -hmm. if that's the way we see forgiveness uh, or repentance and I, you know, I've I've heard there's a, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I've heard there's, I've I've heard there's a story of a, of one of Luther's teachers, uh, maybe a, a, a seminary, a priest or somebody saying, you know, come back to me when you actually have a sin worth repenting of. Like he would, mm-hmm. he would just like every day he'd be like, well, and then there's this and I didn't do this and I should have yeah. done, you know, and yeah. it was like paralyzed, right, calm down. right. Paralyzed right. by his own. <clears throat> yeah. So I think there is a sense of, there are some people who kind of use shame as a way to avoid this whole process of actually seeking forgiveness. I mean, if you mm-hmm. go back to the Minnesota board of pardons, I mean, one thing you have to overcome in order to actually get a, a, a pardon is to set your shame aside enough to sit in a public setting and recount all your sins, you know, recount all your wrongdoing. And so it's easier to say at some level, some for some people that I'm just horrible person. I know I'm a horrible person. I'm just horrible. I'm horrible. It's all there is to it. You're right. I'm horrible. Right. But that, but that's so unproductive and un, uh, that actually doesn't do anything. That does not move you towards, you're not actually owning it. You're just sort of, yeah, sinking into this thing where I'm really not responsible because I'm just a horrible person and we all know it. I mess everything yeah. up. But that's not really. Yeah. it's not really it, right? <laughs> it's much. Well, it's, it's, it's much it's, harder yeah. to we, say I we, did this to you and I feel horrible about it. And I have no excuse. Yeah. This one thing that I, you know, I want to ask you to forgive me for. That's actually much much harder than oh, I'm just a horrible mm. person. Everybody knows it. And so you can just stay there and then you're just like a child. You're not responsible. Right. Yeah. We have, we have <clears throat> one of our other kids that he treated every, every time he got in trouble, it was like a bear attack. He just, he played dead until, until you went away, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, and, and I, you know, that's a, uh, just get I can through see it. that too. Yeah. Did just you, survive it. Did you forget to take the dog out? I'm sorry. I just, I'm such terrible. I'm, no, 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 no. Yeah. I just said, you yeah. know, yeah. take this, yes no you know, this is a yes right, or no question. Right. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. And, uh, yeah. And so, okay. But then, um, pulling this, like how often I think this is something that I struggle with. And this is something as Protestants, we don't do well with, but I think sometimes like the, the I think the beauty of that, of that, uh, trial or, or whatever it is, is not only 
is it going to be easier for housing and all that kind of stuff? You've paid your debt to society or whatever, but to actually hear, be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think in Protestant circles, we've largely left that as a concept. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if sometimes we need to hear you are forgiven. Yeah. Like you can, you're, you don't have to pay this price anymore. Jesus has bore your shame yeah. and you need to hear, be forgiven. Um, we've done a couple of things um, at various times in, in church services where like people can come forward and just hear, you know, be forgiven mm. about this. Because I think sometimes it's hard to grasp that when we were like, have I have I said it enough, yeah. which is another aspect of the mission. Have I done enough to actually earn forgiveness? Well, right. no. which is also part of what forgiveness is. Um, It's not earned. And hearing on behalf of God, you are forgiven, which I think is, is a hard thing. That's hard for me to grasp. Yeah. Uh, And there's this, there's a, there's a, a, a personal, emotional, spiritual health, I think element to at some point. And, you know, the 12 step, uh, program sort of highlight this sort of thing. Like if you're really going to uh, face this addiction, this affliction, here's some things that you need to do. Mm. And there's about three or four of the steps that basically have to do with taking personal responsibility, owning it, um, you know, uh, whatever restitution, you know, needs to be done. Uh, I have some family members that have been through 12 step, um, you know, uh, programs. And, you know, one of the things that they would say is they can really tell if somebody else is, yeah, they're in a program, but they're not actually doing it. Well, how do you know? Because Mm. they, they haven't, they haven't gone to people and apologized. They haven't gone to people and found out what the damage was. They haven't gone to people and, you know, all the stuff that's actually, if you're going to work the 12 step program, those are all the hard, those are all the hard parts. And it's so interesting that this is sort of required for your recovery. Yeah. Is, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the recovery community is, I mean, I've often thought that the church should look more like the recovery community because essentially you start off with, it's just like, here is all my junk until I have nothing left to hide. And then you have a room full of people that say, thank you. Thank you for being honest with us. Now let's move forward. We're your biggest fans. We're your biggest cheerleaders. Let's do the hard work of actually working out forgiveness and, and seeing that bear fruit. Um, I think uh, we don't want to do that though. I mean, you know, that sounds great and recovery community sounds like a great environment for forgiveness. I agree with all of that, but I don't want to be part of a recovery. I don't want to be in a recovery yeah. community. Right. <laughs> that's the, that's the problem is, yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Those 12 step, you know, groups are just, you know, they recommend forgiveness to us and they're great examples, but I don't want to be the guy that stands up and says, uh, I'm powerless. Right? Yeah. I've done wrong. Right. I don't want to be that guy. And that's the, that's the requirement, really. And the that's, requirement yeah, that's for why, my own personal health, right? That's why being poor in spirit is so friggin' hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because then we then 
even when we say see it and then all of a sudden you know the next person gets up in the recovery community and you're like ah well wow. at least i didn't you yeah. know when I went first, I went for that guy. Woo. They won't remember or any of my stuff. You're like, yeah. or somebody yeah. else. You're like, well, I don't even know why that guy's here. He's barely. I'm yeah. way worse than him. You know, right. and that's right. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. that is poverty of spirit. Supposedly is supposed to take that away. Right. Yeah. You're all bankrupt. That's that is why the the. I don't want to say the Christian project, uh, but that's why this is. That's why scripture is so beautiful because it le- absolutely levels the playing field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shouldn't be which we both love and else. hate. Yeah. Which yeah. We both love and hate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. And it, it is. Um, it, it, yeah. It, it, the idea of like coming and being totally exposed, not rejected, but loved and then moved forward. And it does sound mm. great, but that being totally exposed part is, or, you know, maybe we get a shot and we're like, okay, now this is my second chance. I'm not going to screw up this time. Mm. And, you know, and Jesus is, well, that's not the point either. Um, right. But I think what you hit on is hard. It's, it's hard to forgive uh, for sure, but I think it's even harder to actually receive forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. Right. And, and, I, and I, that, that's what intrigued me about the the whole article, and I, I love, and even like that, you know, where the where the magistrates sit before you and go. Pronounce you forgiven. Right, forgiven. Uh, yeah. And I'm I'm not calling necessarily for Protestant confession, but but for sure to hear. Um, on behalf of God. Be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. Carry this no more. You know. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Cut, cut the burden off. Well, I think, um, we're, uh, you know, we're at our time and, uh, that's probably a good place to, to leave it is, um, am I the, can I be, will I be the, the the publican, the tax collector? Will I, uh, say I need to be forgiven and then to receive it? That's our challenge. Uh, and so, uh, as we come to the end of this, uh, this episode, that's sort of a self-reflection. Am I that? Can I be that person? Will I be that person? What keeps me from being that that person? Uh, and so then, thanks, Trey, for your time and this conversation. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So until good. next time, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Grace and peace. All right. And also with you. Thanks for listening. Do you enjoy on culture? You can support us and the content produced by subscribing to our newsletter, The Embassy, by visiting theembassy.substack.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.